0: be saved but no jesus came when we were at our worst man when when we didn't deserve a single thing at all and he died and it's it's still it's mind-blowing it's beyond our comprehension but i know this man i'm gonna thank god for what he did i'll never be able to say thank you enough but i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to give him enough praise i'm gonna try to give him enough thanks because he is worthy he does deserve it amen so let's give the lord a shout of praise tonight Amen. What a great time of worship. That's awesome. Very, very good. Very good. All right. Well, uh, tonight, I believe we have a message that is absolutely... uh, This applies to everybody, okay? No matter who you are, this message applies to you. And this is one of the foundational truths of Christianity, one of the most elementary, basic things... ...that we can talk about, but tonight we're going to talk about the topic of you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow, because this applies to every area of your life. And people that can comprehend this truth and and use it to their favor, use it to their advantage, uh, they go places in this world. And, and check it out, this could be, I mean, an absolutely thrilling thing... ...to read about, or it could be a scary thing. It depends on what seeds you have sown. If you've sown bad seeds in your life, then you'll reap a bad harvest. If you've sown good seeds in your life, you'll reap a good harvest. You reap what you sow, you don't reap what you want. You reap what you sow. I mean, if you could reap what you want, I'd say, man, I, I'll, I'll take a billion dollars. I'll take everybody loving me and being nice to me. I'll take peace every day. And, and the truth is, God can bring great things into your life... But it doesn't just happen. There are spiritual laws that cannot be ignored and they cannot be uh, tampered with. It's just the way it is because God set it into motion. And so tonight the title is this. What are you planting? What are you planting? Because I see so many people that they have legit prayer requests. They have needs in their life. They're facing mountains, no doubt about it. But the question is, what are you planting to get yourself through this situation? What are you doing about it? What are you planting? And and so there's a few things we're going to say tonight, but I I want to get right into this message. This is exciting. Let's look at point number one tonight, and it's this, is that planting and harvest is a spiritual law. Planting and harvesting is a spiritual law, and, and you know, King James, we say sowing and reaping, but planting and harvesting is a spiritual law, and you've got to know this, just like there are scientific laws such as gravity, what goes up is going to come down, man. If I toss this Bible up in the air, it's going to come down, it, it's just going to happen, it's a law that cannot be broken. Okay. There's other laws of science and physical laws of nature that it's just the way it is. I don't understand all of it, but I just know that it's true and that it works. But just like we can count on the law of gravity, you can count on the law of sowing and reaping. It's a spiritual law that God put in the Bible. And it, this could go for a natural seed or spiritual. But I want you to look way back in the beginning of this, of this whole thing and at Genesis chapter 8. So let's open up to Genesis chapter 8 tonight. Genesis chapter eight, and we're going to look here at verse twenty-two. And this is a guaranteed thing that will work, sowing and reaping. I guarantee you it will work. Genesis chapter eight, verse twenty-two. And so this is, I mean, the, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. It, this sets the course for a lot of things, not only you know biblically, but also in the natural world. I believe. With all my heart, that God created the heavens and the earth. I I I do not believe that this happened by chance or accident. And I you know I've studied a little bit of this stuff, but you know I, I saw one uh, one scientist that he uh, he tried to come up with a mathematical uh, equation and all this stuff. The chances that every single thing for life to exist to have happened by accident, for people to have lungs, for air to be in the earth, for just every little, thing to, to, every little thing that has to be perfectly in place for life to exist in this world, for a human being to live, if it were to happen by accident, I, I forget what the chances are, but it's, I mean, it's like the most unrealistic number you've ever seen. <laughs> it's like one to the 500 zillionth power that it could possibly, every little thing, be exactly how it needs to be for life to sustain on this earth just by accident. God made this place. God made you. God made the things that you see out there. It did not just happen. And so here in the book of Genesis, chapter 8, verse 22, he says, As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And I mean, think about this. However long ago this was, listen, is there still day and night? yeah I mean, look, it's nighttime right now. Is there still a cold season and a hot season? Is there still a summer and a winter? There is. And there is still planting and harvesting. and so it's a guaranteed thing. okay I, I, We do have a lot of farmers in, in my family, and and it's a guaranteed thing if you put the right seed and the right soil with the right amount of rain, there is not a chance that it won't grow. It will grow. The right seed and the right soil with the right amount of rain every single time, guaranteed 1,000% of the time, this will work. The seed will grow. And I go back and I see the fields that my brothers plant. They've got, I mean, hundreds, sometimes thousands of acres of corn as far as the eye can see. Corn, wheat, soybeans, all this stuff. And they aren't shocked every time something comes up like, oh, my gosh, look at that! Where would this come from? No, they know that you put the seed in the ground and it gets rained on, man, something is going to happen. And in our lives, this works naturally, but it works just as much spiritually. What are you planting right now? And I, I know a lot of times uh, I, I see people, you know, they're wondering why things are happening in their life. They're wondering like, well, where, where, where was God with this at? Why did this happen over here? Why, why is all this going on and things aren't going the way they want? I'm not saying this is the case every single time, but it is worth considering, are you reaping the harvest on the seeds that you've planted? I mean, maybe you're under an attack of the devil. Sometimes you're under a fiery attack from Satan. But sometimes it could be that we're reaping a harvest off of seeds that we planted. And so seed time and harvest can either be a very uh, good thing or it can sometimes be a negative thing. But we do know this, you reap what you sow. It does happen, and it does work, and it will always happen as long as people live on this earth. This will happen. And so let me show you something here. Galatians chapter 6. Let's turn over to the New Testament. Galatians chapter 6. Now, Are we still excited tonight? All right. Don't get scared. This is a good message. This is for your benefit. This isn't isn't to scare you and make you feel bad. This is to lift you up. Some of you are staring at me like, oh, dear God, don't say that. Galatians 6 verse 7. I mean, if if you're scared right now, just change what you're planting. But Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, I like to do this in the New King James Version. It says this Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So if you don't reap what you sow, you're, you're not going to mock God. You will reap what you sow. Now, there are times, man, that I've planted some bad seeds, man. Maybe I've been a little bit mean. Maybe I've planted and said some things or done some things I didn't want to do. thank God that we serve a God of mercy, right? I mean, there's times that I've prayed, okay, God, I see what I did. Forgive me. And then we're praying for crop failure. We're praying for like a drought right there. Like, Lord, don't let that one grow. Just let that one go. I don't, and, and praise God for his mercy. Praise God. But I'm telling you, you can't just keep on planting those seeds of meanness and rudeness or, or seeds of discord and gossip and not expect to reap a harvest off of it. It's, it's going to happen. And it may not happen instantly. You know sometimes it takes a minute, but it does happen and so don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap so if you plant tomatoes you 're going to reap tomatoes. you will not reap watermelons if, if if you keep if you keep going to the garden and there's watermelons everywhere there's a reason for it it 's because you planted watermelons that I mean you know that there's no shocker there that 's what happened. you reap what you sow and you know, this is this is one of the first things that I'm trying to teach my kids. You know, I, you know, we're working on basic, fundamental Christianity right now, but do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you don't want your brother to hit you in the head with a stick, don't do it to him. Now, if you don't want to get, you know, here's my favorite from last week, a toilet head. If you don't want to be called a toilet head, don't call your sister a toilet You reap what you sow. And, you know, it starts at that level. And... The, the battles that, wow, well, it's, it's incredible, but, but you reap what you sow. And, and this is one of the things that we're teaching them right now. Man, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. You reap what you sow. And the world has a word for this that they use. They, they call it karma. You know, what, what goes around comes around. And, you know, we know the truth behind it. This is a real principle. And it is true. What goes around does come around. But we know it's not karma. This is called sowing and reaping harvesting what you planted that's what that's what the real source of this is and so uh reaping what you sow is a spiritual law and i know there's been plenty of times in my life when i've been wanted you know i've wanted to get mad at someone for my situation i maybe found myself where i did not want to be and i'm sitting there thinking well man I'd probably blame this guy over here or i could you know maybe i could, I could god did you let this happen did you bring this in where, where did this come in and a lot of times I've, I'm talking about me. You, you do you. But I'm talking about me right now. That I've been able to look back in my life and the situation I found myself in, I put myself in because I was reaping the harvest of the seeds that I had planted. This goes for every. Single area of your life. It can work with money. It can work with your relationships. It can work with, I mean, anything that you do reap what you sow. And another, verse I didn't put this one on the screen, but Galatians 6, 8, the New King James says, for he who sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And so sometimes you're thinking, man, I'm not doing anything to anybody else. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep me happy. I'm trying to do my thing. Listen, if you're sowing to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption corruption because sowing to just make yourself happy, living your life just for you, trying to just do what feels good to you. Listen, that's sowing to the flesh and you will of the flesh reap corruption. There's nothing good in this flesh. There's this flesh. This, this has nothing to offer you. If you're just trying to please you, you will of the flesh reap corruption. Is that what you want your harvest to be? Corruption. No, you want to reap what God has for you. And so Galatians 6, 8 is just as true. And, you know, one thing I've looked at is we need to stop worrying. You know, I, we, we, uh, we preach messages like this. And I think a lot of times we start looking around and thinking, oh, OK, yeah, that guy over there. Can't wait till he reaps his harvest. Yeah, oh, it's coming. But it is coming. Listen, no. Look at yourself, man. Don't be looking at everybody else, right? And, and and don't worry. You be looking at you right now. Don't be looking at, at somebody else or thinking about somebody, you know, oh, this guy at work, I cannot wait till he gets his harvest because it's going to be bad. No. Do you. Think about you right now. And in and, and your life, maybe you're thinking, well, I've been planting seeds in this for years. I, I've been trying. I've been doing what I know to do. Listen to me. What do you do? What what do you do in the meantime if if it hasn't popped up yet? You keep watering the seed. You keep cultivating it. You keep speaking words of faith over the seeds that you're planting. You keep speaking the Bible over it. You keep tithing. You keep doing what you're supposed to do. And I want to show you Galatians 6 9. I love this, man. We all know this one. Galatians 6 9. Yeah. Galatians 6 9, King James says, And let us not be weary and well doing. Why? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That's a perfect time for you to shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Man, that doesn't take that much of a brain to figure that out. All you got to do is keep watering the seed and not give up and you're going to reap a harvest. This is not rocket science. This is what we're teaching the children up there in the junior class. You reap what you sow. Don't give up. Keep watering the seed. And it says, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Now, the problem is, is that we don't always know when due season is. But listen, we do know that it exists. And it is real. And it does always come. Now, I don't choose when due season is. God chooses when due season is. But I do know, listen, that it does happen. And it always, always comes if we faint not. But a lot of people, they give up right before due season comes. They faint. They pass out. They say, ah, they walk away from it because they just feel they don't have the patience to wait any longer. And I, I just wonder, God only knows, how many people have given up right before their miracle harvest came in. I mean, it could have been the midnight hour. And, I mean, they're just minutes away spiritually from God coming in with a miracle and they gave up and they walked away. How many, you know, only God knows how many times somebody has fainted and walked away and let go right before the blessing came down. But I I know this, I don't want to be that person. I want to be the guy that sticks with it no matter how long it takes. And sometimes, you know, I've planted seeds and it's happened so quick that it's almost mind blowing. I was thinking of, You know, one time we were just in, I mean, a pretty bad financial situation. And so we had a certain amount of money left and it wasn't enough to meet the need, you know. And so we got this old saying, if it can't meet the need, it must be a seed. And so I'm like, hey, listen... Uh, This this can't fix my problems, so uh, let's give it away. So we gave it in an offering to a a guest minister, and I needed a very specific amount of money within three days' time. This was Sunday. By Wednesday, I needed, I think, a thousand twelve hundred dollars or something. And Monday morning, boom, I'm I'm so serious. Money starts just from three different sources. I had well over $1,500 just out of the blue just come into my life, and I'm like... Man, thank you, Jesus. I shouldn't have been so surprised because you reap what you sow. But, I mean, God brought this in in a big way. And he knew I needed it, like, pronto, within three days. And it came in from sources I, ha- I never would have even imagined. It wasn't people giving me money, just checks coming and all this crazy stuff. But God had it happen. And I believe that if I hadn't planted the seed that I had, it, I, I wouldn't have had harvest come in. No. You can't claim harvest if you haven't planted seed. You know, that, that's as dumb as a farmer standing out there in the field just looking at the dirt. Well, I wonder when it's coming up. Uh, one of these days, something's going to come up here. I, I, I know, something's coming up. I just, I don't know when, but I'm just going to sit here and wait. I mean, you're going to ask, well, what did you plant, farmer? Did you plant anything? Well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, but I'm claiming harvest. I mean, I, I'm, I'm believing for it. No, you got to plant seed to claim harvest. If you haven't planted seed, quit claiming harvest because it's not coming. There was nothing planted there. It's a spiritual law. So you reap what you sow so the second thing we'll say is this what seeds are you planting what seeds are you planting and and my biggest advice if you have a need right now in any area i don't care if it's peace joy love money whatever it is healing I, whatever it is what you need to do first of all of course take it to god but you need to get some seed in the ground right away because you need that harvest to come and, and so, it, man, if, if you've got uh, problems with, uh, you know, love and forgiveness or, or, or bitterness, you need to go out of your way and plant some seeds of kindness in somebody's life. Like tomorrow morning, you need to get up, roll out to the donut shop and bring donuts to work or something. You need to get some seeds in the ground right away because you need your harvest to come. And the further, the longer that you wait to plant seeds, the longer it's going to be for your harvest to come in. You know what I mean? It, 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 you've got to get the ball started here. You've got to get it rolling. And this always, always works. And so if you, if you need a financial harvest, plant some seed. It's worked for me on so many different times. Now, I want to show you a verse here that we use a lot of time for finances, but again, applies to anything. Luke six thirty-eight, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Let's turn over there. There we go. Don't let the fire die out, guys. Fan the flames. Luke six, verse thirty-eight. Now, and if you want to be technical, this this passage is talking about forgiveness. But again, we use it, we use it for everything. Luke six, verse thirty-eight. It says this. Everybody there? Amen. All right. NLT. Give and you will receive. Well, that's like that's deep. Give and you will receive. Say it with me. Give and you will receive. Will is not a maybe kind of sort of thing. No, give. You will receive. And check this out. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. And so I'm looking at this verse that just says, give and you will receive. So we could insert pretty much any word that we want to in here and imagine the results. So let's say, give forgiveness and you will receive forgiveness. Give money, you'll receive money back. Give peace to others, you'll receive peace. Give justice Give encouragement, give love, and you will receive good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, Then it's going to come back into your life, and the amount that you give determines the amount that you get back. Now, this is a tricky part of this whole discussion here, because we know that God multiplies the seed sown. We, that is absolutely true, and we're going to look at that in just a little bit, but... If you, if you only plant like a three foot by three foot garden, you know, you're going to reap a harvest. But don't expect to reap a thousand acre bumper crop. That's, you know, you're, uh, you, you, you reap what you sow. And it says the amount you give determines the amount you give back. And so we've got to know this, that God always gives you back more than what you planted. Okay. He multiplies the seed back. But if you only plant a small amount of forgiveness and love. Why do you, you know, and, and God knows that you had a lot more to give than that. You you could have been a lot nicer. You could have given a lot more love and kindness out and planted those seeds. But but you decided, well, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do that yet. Listen, you'll reap a harvest on that. But don't expect just the love to just come raining down from every area, everybody coming in and and then throwing love into your life. Listen, the amount you give determines the amount you give back. And One thing that I feel God spoke to me as I was studying this out, because I know that he multiplies seed. The Bible tells us that, that it also says the amount you give determines the amount you give back. God does always multiply it back, but God knows how much of a sacrifice that seed was to you. So we've got the story of this widow in the Bible where, you know, in the New Testament, she gave like a couple of pennies. And then these rich guys come in, and they're given tons of money. And Jesus says, that lady right there gave more than everybody else here combined. Well, how? Because she only gave a couple of cents, and these guys gave hundreds of dollars. That doesn't make any sense, Jesus. Well, Jesus looks at the heart, and he knows what a sacrifice those two pennies were, because that was everything she had. Those other guys, they maybe gave a hundred bucks, but when you're a millionaire, a hundred bucks is like nothing, man. And, you know, another area I think of that we can sow and reap is the area of time. Seriously. You know, people, I see people all the time, I never have enough time, I never have enough time, never have enough time, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know. Listen, sow some of your time. You're like, I don't have any left. I'm telling you, you reap what you sow. If you will give God some of the time that you do have, I swear... That God will multiply and start expanding your time. And you'll start having enough time for the things that you need to have time for. You think I'm nuts. Yeah, for instance, church work day. There's a great chance for you to maybe, you know, sometimes you're like, why well, I don't have enough time to fully commit to an area. Well, if you've got an hour on a Saturday, you could come out and help clean up. You're sowing some of what you have. And listen, God sees what's in your heart. God, Man looks at the outward appearance God looks at the heart, and God can tell if what you gave was a sacrifice, he will just bring it gushing back into your life. But I mean, if, if you're a zillionaire, you're Mark Cuban or something, and you give a dollar to the, you know, whatever, that's nice, thank you. But, you know, God sees it differently, because that's not a sacrifice. But for someone that just, that was about all they had, God sees that, and he's like, man... We're bringing something into this person's life. That was a sacrifice, and we're going to multiply that and just, man, pour back into their life. God sees our heart. God knows whether we're really sowing seed, whether we're really sacrificing for Him, whether we're really stepping out, or if we're just, eh, you know, toss this over, who cares. God knows. And the exciting part is this, though. When we do sow seed and we do sacrifice, I'm not talking about money, get your mind off of that. That could be one area, but I'm talking about any area at all. When you do sacrifice to sow a seed, God knows. And that's when God rains it back into your life, man. And absolutely multiplies that seed back. And so whatever it is you need, start planting some seed. You've got to. This is a lifeline. This is a favor. This is... A, a gift that God has given us to work this system to our advantage, to reap what we sow. This is a gift from God that we can do something to help us get out of our situation. And, you know, there's this New Testament verse I love. You write it down in Acts twenty thirty five. but it says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, and, and that's another, th- another scripture that's almost, you know, doesn't make any sense to a lot of people. Well, how is it more blessed to give than receive? I like to get gifts. Listen, <laughs> Don't be like that. It's, the Bible says it's more blessed to be the one giving than it is to be the one receiving. And, and we could look at that from so many different angles. I mean, God blesses you when you give. So when you give something, God's going to bring blessings back into your life. That's just the way it is. And you know, so many people say, well, I give, but I don't, I don't expect to receive anything back. Uh, that's, just, you know, that's just selfish. No, the, the selfish thing is to say something like that. That's selfish. That's stupid. To say, well, I give and don't expect anything to come back. Listen, we know that your reason for giving is not so you'll get back. But to say that, well, I give and don't expect anything. We just read Galatians 6. God is not mocked. You reap what you sow. It's going to happen. And so don't be the person that says, well, I I give, but I just, I I don't ever, I don't, I just, I'm just asking God to take care of me and my family. I'm not asking for any more than that. I don't want to be greedy. That's greedy. That's greedy. You should be asking God for enough to take care of your family and another family. Do you understand that? That the greediest thing that somebody can pray, just give me enough for me and my three kids, me and my four, no more, man. Just take care of us. I don't, you know, everybody. No, that is not the way a Christian is supposed to live their life. A Christian is supposed to take care of other people, too. And that's why God has given us this system to work to our advantage. Give, and it'll be given back to you. But it doesn't just come back. It's a good measure. Press down, shaken together, running over. It'll be given back into your life. You reap what you sow. And, and God has given us so many tools to use to our advantage. And, and you know, just a complete side note, but the job... Of Christians is to, one major job is to take care of the needs of those around us. It's not the government's job. And this is, you know, a mind blowing thing. And I've I heard so many people, especially in the political season, well, well this party, they're, they're more like Jesus because they want to take care of the poor. And that's nice, but if you study your Bible, listen, it is, it was, God's intention was never for the government to be the source to take care of the poor. God told Christians to do it. And if Christians were doing it, we wouldn't be looking to the government to take care of everybody's needs. And even, even in early America, man, I was just studying this this week. The, the Christian churches, that listen... They, they, they took it as their job. They had guys called vestrymen that they went out. George Washington was one of them for his church. that went out and, and, and assessed the needs of the different people that were down on their luck in the community. People going through a hard time. And they'd get together and help take care of this person's needs. And so that's why, man, it's not the government's job. And that's not a political statement, that's just a Bible statement, and that's fine if, if you think it is, but if you want to get technically biblical about it, it's the Christian's job. It's the church's job to have be feeding the poor. It's the Christian's and the church's job to help be taking care of those that are truly Downtrodden, truly in need, and not trying to work some system. That's not political. That's Bible, man. And you can't do that if you just pray to God. Well, give me enough to just pay our bills this month and have nothing left over. That's greedy and selfish and wrong. You should be praying, God, give me more than enough to not only take care of my needs but to bless the people around me. I've got a family over here. I want to be able to give them some food this week, but I right now I don't have enough. God, give me enough for them. God, I've got somebody. I'd love to pay this person's Rent. i'd love to pay this person's mortgage there they lost their job i want to help them out lord give me enough to be able to take care of their needs too that's what you should be saying. And you reap what you sow. And I would love to be able to do that. One of my favorite things, and on time to time I'm able to do this, is to pay for the person's groceries and stuff behind me in line, man. Those times that I've got, you know, enough to do that and to just say, hey, you know, ring theirs up to you. I'll take care of theirs. And I love it, man. The looks on people's faces are just astounding when you do something like that. And then do I just walk off and say, all right, have a good one? No. That, that is a beautiful open door to tell them about Jesus. When you've got blessings and you've got resources to pour into somebody else's life, it's a lot easier to come up and, and talk to them about Jesus. It's a lot easier when you can put a little uh, action to your words to share the love of God with somebody. And if I'm always in the ditch needing to have my, somebody to pull me out, it's a lot harder. You know, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the ditch. I, don't, I want to be a part of the solution, not just another one of the problem. And God has given us ways and resources and avenues with how to be a part of the blessing and to get people out of the bad situations they're in. So it's more blessed to give than to receive. All right? And, and so you've got to give what little you do have to God, and he'll take over from there. You know what I mean? You, you, you may be saying, well, I wish I had a whole bunch. I, I wish that I just was made of money and I can do this. Give the little bit that you do have to God and he'll take over from there, man. He will he'll absolutely do something with the seed that you put into the ground. And so I'm going to go on to point number three here tonight. And it says point. Number three is that seeds multiply. Seeds multiply. And, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. The amount you give determines the amount you give back, Luke 6 8. But you do know this, that God knows your heart and seeds multiply. God is not a God of addition. He's a God of multiplication. He doesn't just trade an apple for an apple. Well, you know, God, I gave you this apple. Can I have one back? No, man. He'll, if, if your heart's in it and you're doing it the right way, he'll pour a whole bushel of apples back into your life, man. He will take care of you in big, big ways. And, and, you know, a perfect example of this is in John chapter 6. Let's let let's flip over there. This is a story. We've looked at this one a lot lately. But John chapter 6, you know, Jesus had crossed to the other side of the Sea of Galilee here. And a, a huge crowd found him. And, and you're familiar with this story. But... All of a sudden, there's a problem. They're out in the middle of nowhere, and Jesus is getting concerned, saying, "Man, these people—they haven't had food. I don't know what's going to happen with them. He's getting concerned about their safety. So he tells the disciples to feed all of these people. We're talking about thousands and thousands of people, and Jesus says, "Listen, you feed them." So John chapter six, verses seven through thirteen, and there's some amazing spiritual lessons that we can learn here if we'll follow what Jesus did. So. John chapter 6, verse 7, Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. And so he's looking at himself, looking at his own money. And of course, of course, Philip, you don't have enough money to feed 20,000. You don't have enough money. We know that. But that's not what Jesus was asking him to do. Jesus did not anywhere in here ask the disciples to go purchase food for the multitude. All he said was feed them. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, if they had tried to go purchase food for thousands of people back then, this would have, I mean, the people probably would have died waiting for food. There's no groceries, there's no Costco right there, and even then, I mean, Peter probably didn't have a, a membership card to get in, and and so, you know, what are they going to do? And how are you going to, it's just not going to work. And so, they're like, well, we don't have enough, what are we going to do, Jesus? And Jesus is like, oh my gosh. So, look at this, John chapter 6, it says... Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? And so here we go. It just takes a little seed. It just takes a little seed and Jesus. And Jesus knows what you're planting. And that was a very valid question, wasn't it? We've got five fish and two loaves of bread. About 15,000 people to feed. What good is this? And so Jesus is in this, he's like, oh, perfect, thank you. Now I've got something to work with. And you may be saying, man, I've got like $2, I've got one available hour each week, I've got a lot of hurt in my heart, I don't have a lot of right now to love to give. Whatever it is, Jesus is just saying, I, that's fine, but you do have that. Just give me that little bit you got and sit back and watch what's going to happen right now. And so Jesus, he takes the fish and a couple loaves of bread that he does have, and then he says, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down. Jesus said, so they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. And, uh, you know, again, you could do the math. If each man, even half of the men had a wife, had children, several children, whatever. You're looking at a very, very large crowd. Probably 15,000 people, maybe more. And so a large crowd. It says, then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God... And distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And as Jesus is passing out fish, passing out bread, he just keeps ripping a piece off and that loaf of bread isn't getting any smaller. He gives out a fish and he's got the exact same amount. But the crazy thing is, as you'll see, not only is he not running out of fish and bread, he's getting more and more in this basket. It's it's weird. But Jesus is multiplying the seed sown. He's multiplying right before their eyes. And look at this. It says, and they all ate as much as they wanted. I come from a big family with a lot of boys. That statement right there is enough for me to give thanks to God. Especially when you've got the brothers I've got, man. These hosses can eat like none of business, man. It's nuts. Am I right? Good Lord, man. Man. Anybody have a bunch of brothers? It's not, it's, like, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. You know what I mean? Because you're always it's hard to get full, and and so Jesus right here, you know, it says they all ate as much as they wanted. That's a miracle. They all left full. Every single person. Nobody there said nah, I could use a little bit more. It says they all ate as much as they wanted. This is the Jesus Seafood Buffet, man. Everybody line up and get you some fish. This is incredible. So look at this. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers. What? There's leftovers? You're kidding me. There's leftovers? And there's another testimony, man. If you've got kids and a family, who loves leftovers? Yes. Yes leftovers in and of themselves are a gift from the heavens so there's leftovers he says take it all up so that nothing's wasted and look at this verse 13 so they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves so how do you start with five fish two loaves of bread so you've got a total of seven items and have 12 baskets of leftovers how is that the answer is because seeds multiply when you give Jesus and again he knows he knows what if it's a sacrifice this is this little boy's lunch they found a little boy that had you know had a lunch and I'm telling you listen Jesus saw this and he took it and he fed so many people and there was leftovers because seeds multiply isn't that incredible and in our lives the same Thing will work you think that was a one-time thing that jesus can't multiply food anymore jesus knows if you're you know a family that's struggling a little bit he can multiply your groceries you think i'm a nut seriously jesus in 2016 can still multiply food that was not a one-time thing then because it was fish and because it was in israel and because peter was there no he can do that. Jesus Christ, Hebrews thirteen eight 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You think Jesus can't help your food situation anymore? No, man. He can absolutely do it. And speaking of, we got our Thanksgiving pitch in next Sunday, man. Come and watch. Sometimes we're running low on food, but the food multiplies, especially when Robert goes down to Little Caesars and says, give me 50 pizzas. It, it, it's, whoa! We feed a lot of people, but... You reap what you sow, and God multiplies the seeds. I'm going to show you just one more verse here in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. And, you know, here's a kind of a story that I heard. You know, uh, Mary Kay, the makeup lady. I know who she is, not from experience, but I just I, I know people that know her. All right. So Mary Kay was a Christian woman and, you know, started this business with not a lot of money. But she was a Christian. And she was a tither. And uh, true story that around her neck, she had a necklace with a spoon and a shovel on it. And people were like, what's that? That doesn't make any sense. And so people would ask her, you know, okay, I, I, what, what's the deal? The spoon and the shovel. And she, and she would tell them, the spoon is what I've given to God. And the shovel is what he's used to measure to give back to me. God multiplies back to you. He sees your heart. And when we sacrificially give, okay, and again, I'm talking about sacrificially giving. And this is any area, any area, sacrificially giving, God will multiply this seed back to you. 2 Corinthians 9, six, New King James says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That means, listen, you you, you sow just a little bit, you'll get something back, but you get a little bit back. You sow bountifully, you sacrifice, and you stretch yourself, and you give something big. Listen, you're going to reap bountifully. The New Living Translation says it this way. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So the question tonight is this. What are you planting in any area, what are you planting? What is it that you need right now? What what are you looking at? What are you facing? What situation do you need God to intervene in in your life? Have you planted any seeds at all? If you haven't, I suggest that as soon as you can, as soon as possible, plant some seeds. Claim it. Pray. Believe God. Bring it to God. Pray about it. But. Plant some seeds because this is a spiritual law that God has given us to work to our advantage. And the last thing is this: if if maybe you're sitting here thinking, "Well, I've planted some pretty rotten seeds," you know, if I, I'm afraid to reap the harvest that I've planted into my life, if this comes back to me, this could be very, very bad. God is a God of mercy. Talk to Him, man. Ask for forgiveness. Pray for crop failure. Talk to Him pray. Make things right. If you've wronged people, you know what you've got to do now? You've got to go make it right with them. If you've got someone that you've, man, just sown all kinds of mean, nasty seeds to, man, maybe they have deserved it. Maybe they haven't. Whatever the case is, that doesn't matter. You're going to reap what you sow. So if I were you, I would go and I would try to put a stop to this right now i would go plant some seeds of kindness into their life and pray to god for some mercy and for some grace to not reap the harvest that you truly deserve because you do deserve to reap what you sow either way just know this you do reap what you sow you're not going to mock god you're not you're not going to be able to make fun of god and say i told you this doesn't work i never i never happened to me i did all this stuff and nothing ever happened back to me it'll it will happen it'll eventually happen yes You're not going to mock God. You're not going to make a fool out of God Almighty. He is true. He doesn't lie. What he says always happens. You will reap what you sow. But let's just, whether you're excited right now or not so excited, let's know that this is absolute truth. And whatever it is you need, start planting some seed. You reap what you sow. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and end there tonight. We'll call it quits right there. All right. Well, before we close out to worship God. And as always, if you need prayer for anything, we're here for you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to see God intervene in your life. So let's take a few minutes and has uh, Josh and Monica lead us in a song. And maybe this is a good time for you to talk to God about some of the some of the seeds you've planted and say, God, I, I need this harvest to come in right now, whatever it is. Talk to God for a few minutes. Let's worship him as, uh, as we close things out. Go ahead, guys.